What's up, what's up, everybody? I am Janaya Tashe, your host for the Flavor In Your Ear podcast, also known as the most five podcast where we're discussing real music, real life, and real talk. You can catch us every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. for an all-new, real, funny episode. And also, we'll be including some music plugins from your favorite local and underground artists. So if you're an artist and you're listening to this, go ahead and shoot us an email at 5podcast at gmail.com. That's F-I-Y-E podcast at gmail.com. And trust me, when you forget about y'all that like to tweet, go ahead and add us on Twitter at 5podcast. That's F-I-Y-E podcast. It's important that you follow us, y'all. A lot of our topics are going to be coming from what you're talking about on Twitter. So go ahead and add us so we can get to talking. What's up? What's up, y'all? It's Janaya Tashe here, and this is another episode of the Flavor In Your Ear podcast, the ninth episode to be exact. I can't believe that we're almost to episode 10. Time is really flying by fast. And let me tell y'all, I'm really excited about this episode. I have three phenomenal men here, some good friends of mine. Turn All up. three, you already know. We about to get to <laughs> their names because I want y'all to know who this is. But today's episode is called Black Boy Joy. So basically what we want to do is create this safe space for black men to talk about their experiences, you know, especially what was going on in today's society. So without further ado, I want these good men to go ahead and introduce themselves. So Monty, we'll start with you. All right. I'm Monty. You can find me on all social media at HateMail. That's the letter H, the number 8, M-E-2-L. It's your boy, Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Shakari J. You can find me on Twitter and IG at I am Shakari J. I am S-H-A-K-A-R-I-J. And it's your boy, Calvin Phillips. You know, they they know me as famous. You know, hey, on our know. podcast. <laughs> uh, they call me Famous Phillips, but you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, at Calvin of Cope. That's C-A-L-V-I-N-O-F-C-O-L-P. Hey, so quick little quick little facts about these three guys and how I got in contact with them. So me and Monty have been friends since ninth grade gang, um, gang. in the same <laughs> dance class, high school, Monroe, North Carolina. Um, and we end up being at UNCG together. Yes. So that was good how God kind of, you know, made sure we didn't stay right. too far apart from each other. And then Shikari, we kind of like a newer relationship, yeah. um, met him through mutual friends. And as soon as I start following him, I seen you know, all the work that he does in the Greensboro community, especially on his campus, North Carolina a t Shout out to the to the Aggies. I'm a spaggy, I would say, because, you know, I do love y'all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I was really like, I have to get Shikari on here um, because he's amazing, especially now here we go with Famous. Okay. Cal. I've known Cal ever since I got to UNCG. My yeah. mutual friends um, knew him for doing, like, videography, photos and now he's one third of the push to start podcast Appreciate which is it. also right here in greensboro so make sure that y'all tuning in to push to start with calvin cope because he in there talking some real stuff so let's start off with the question um how did you guys grow up how was the environment in the household do you guys have siblings parents how do you think also the way you grew up affect you know how you are as a man now okay so um <laughs> i grew up in a very sheltered household so mm-hmm. i mean i grew up in a pretty bad part of town like it was in zebulon north carolina okay so i mean it, it was still it was decent though you know right. what i'm saying it was, it was it was decent but uh both of my parents are preachers so mm-hmm. that's we why i said shelter right yeah. it's a lot of pressure so you know for me growing up there was a lot of things that my parents told me that i couldn't do and they didn't really explain why right. and one thing i've always told people nowadays is like 
our generation is like, well, why can't I do that? Or yeah. like, why? And it makes us eager to, to do it, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. So like, I started really young. I got my first tattoo when I was fourteen. I, wow. I started smoking wow. weed at fourteen. Like, oh my god, all kind of crazy. Listen, no, I was in the, I was in somebody's garage. Like that's how you know oh it's just, it's just crazy back in the day. So like, I don't know. That's kind of how I grew up. Like yeah. I grew up in a in a small town, and once I got to Greensboro, I kind of got a you know exposed to a lot of things that I wasn't exposed to in Greensboro. Right. So. College did that though. I will say that I learned mm-hmm. I learned a lot about myself in college compared to any other years right. that I've you know high school, middle school, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shikari. <laughs> I mean, my, my story is interesting. I don't look like my story. Um, I grew up in a single-parent home. I grew up with my mother, and I had a younger brother. Brother, I, That Southern came out of me. I had, <laughs> look, I had a younger that. brother, and my mama, she was just, she was a hustler. Like She did what she had to do right. to make ends meet for us, whether it was selling drugs or whether it was her dancing at the club. And it's not something to be proud of, but it just goes to show how much my mama loved me, that she made those sacrifices, like, willing right. to risk her freedom. Um, my father, he was a pastor, but, I mean, he wasn't really there, like, growing up. So I kind of grew up troubled. And then with that being said, it kind of led me to being in group homes and foster homes and rest in peace of my foster mother, Mary Smith. So it was kind of rough. It was, like, me kind of being through a bunch of different settings, so trying to really adjust. So, like, once I got here, it was nothing because I was used to adjustment. I was yeah. used to change. Mm-hmm. So it's it's constant for me. So it's like I just go with the flow and see how everything go pan out. All right. I guess I grew up in a strict home. I guess I was pretty sheltered. I grew up pretty, like, not around anybody. So I guess I'm pretty quiet, but I don't know. Like, around the right people, I right. turn up. So I don't know. Right, you come from a single parent household too. Hey? No, I came. My mom was with my stepdad, so there's okay. two of them. So I did have two parents in the household. I got a good. I think I got a good home turn. So do y'all feel like the way y'all grew up has affected how y'all look at relationships? And Definitely. this can be friendships or intimate relationships. Definitely. How so? Shakari, with you growing up in a single parent household, I'm not affectionate at all. Like mm. I seen, I seen, I seen my mama have go through two different boyfriend so it's kind of like and they didn't I never seen them love my mama the way that she was supposed to be loved so therefore mm. when it comes to me and women I'm not as affectionate far as like touchy touchy feely feely because I didn't see that nor did I receive that like my mama she mm. was she was the same way so I guess guess it's just trauma that was passed down so it's just like I'm right. working to break that generational curse yeah. but I'm not affectionate at all just for the simple fact I came up in a single parent home Right. My mama was real busy, so it's just like I'm not really like the loving type. I'm full of love, but I'm not the loving yeah, type. To, to, yeah, to to put it out there, you're not touchy feely, cuddly. So yeah. you so you're not cuddle, cuddly all nah. that. <laughs> my heart my heart golden though. You feel me? My yeah. Heart golden. And Cal, you're actually in a relationship now, right? Yeah, I am in a relationship. Okay, so so, so how's your upbringing affected that, and how you go about your relationship? Um, well, I would say really like my upbringing kind of taught me how to have a stable relationship in a sense. Mm-hmm. But even even within that stable relationship, I saw a lot of arguing, yes. a lot of like disagreements. But then I also saw how, like with, like I told you, my, my parents are preachers. So my dad was always busy. He was either gone or mm-hmm. at church. So even though I had him there, he wasn't always there for me. Right. So there was a lot of things that I ended up having to learn on my own. Right. So high school and college, I learned a lot about women that I didn't know Privy too, and it would have been. It was just. It could have been so simple for my dad to just be like, "Hey, this is 
certain things you might need to know when you start dating, having sex or whatever. But I didn't know that. So a lot of stuff I kind of had to experience. And when something went wrong, it went wrong. Or if something went right, then I was like, okay, I can just take that into my next relationship. You know what I'm saying? So. Facts. Monty, how do you feel like it's affected, you know, how you look at relationships, intimate and your friendships? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely growing up sheltered. I feel like I don't give myself away to people easily. Like, I don't just open up to anybody. So I think it can come across, like, when people look at me and they're like, oh, you're so shy or you're so quiet. But I think it's just, like, it just depends. Like, I really grew up so sheltered that it's hard, like, opening up to people or giving somebody my all just because I can't trust them, if that makes sense. So I don't know. I'm always, like... I feel like when it comes to relationships, I'm still learning. Because just by nature, I feel like you can grow up, but you can have a different... Who you choose to be is different from how you were brought up, I feel like. Yeah, you you really have to make that decision. Yeah, Yeah. so I feel like at the end of the day, like, when I came into my first relationship, there were a lot of things that I thought I knew just from seeing it with my mom and dad. But it's like a lot of those things might not have been as well, like, done Mm -hmm. good or executed the best. So when I see it, I'll have to catch it, and there's a lot of things you got to change. Right. I don't know. Absolutely. I would say the same thing for me, too. So I grew up two-parent household in the church, mm-hmm. mom, dad, deacon, deaconess. But um, a lot of people have this type of idea that since you grow up with two parents, that your life is all, right. you know, good. That is so perfect. And that's your yeah. perception of not, relationships. Not are just bit, And it's not all the time because even people that are married, they go through their trials. They go right. through their tribulations. You know, those are still two humans trying to mm-hmm. figure out, you know, how to love. And I feel like, that has been the most important thing, looking at my parents, first off, as humans and not just parents. Because right. it'd be some things they do, and I'm like, I can't believe you did right. that. Yeah. And then I really had to sit back and be <laughs> Especially like. Especially with them being in the church. Yes. yes. And see, that's the that's the little line. Like, it, it's it's such a gray area with it. I don't know. Exactly. But I feel like we also forget that, like, our parents are kids, too. Like, when we are little, we're watching them grow up as well. So I feel like yeah. we forget that. And we're like, oh, well, they did this and they did this. We just see them as our parents. And but you put them at a higher day, standard. They're still, it's like they can't yeah. fail. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like that's one thing we should change in the next generation. Like, sure. I don't want my kids, or I don't want to give the perception to my kids that I'm a know-it-all. I'm right. right or you're wrong. Right. You're going to listen. I sometimes want... I don't know. Yeah, sometimes exactly. I don't. And it's exactly. okay to say that. It's okay. And I was going like to say, I feel like did. that's what we're changing, though, really. Yeah, like, yeah we do things yeah. completely different than, you know, the generation before us did. A Even our grandparents. Sure. Right. Like, I, I say something, I do something, my grandparents would be looking like, huh? And I'm just like, you can't judge it off of what you went through because it's a completely different, different world. world now. Different like, world. it's some things we experienced way earlier, right? You know, than they did. Yeah. And speaking of that, do you guys think growing up y'all had a safe space to be vulnerable? Like, did y- were y'all around a family that was like, shut up, don't cry, you a man? Right. Or did you have that type of environment <laughs> where it was just like, it's okay, cry? Like, how do you think that, what was the environment growing up? So, just to speak on my experience, so my mom, she grew up with five older brothers. They all went to the military. I mean, like, mm. military, Air Force, all that, right? Yeah. So my uncles didn't play. Like, they were, like, the real deal. So when I grew up, we played. I played football and basketball and stuff like that, and it was always, don't be crying, get up, yeah. you know, get to the next play, da-da-da. Yeah. And I guess it didn't get to me until I got older where I had to yeah. start showing more emotions. But a lot of the girls that I've dated, even my current girlfriend would be like, you're very unemotional. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm at the point where you would be right, but, like, mm-hmm. I show my emotion, but... Not as much as she probably wants yeah. me to. And it's all about learning that person's language, too, because some people are kind of cool with that. They're kind of just like, oh, I get it. But then you do have some people that's just like, I need that affirmation. I need mm-hmm. for you to show me, you right. know what I'm saying, that kind of emotion. But how was the environment growing up for y'all, too, Shakari and Monty? Were y'all able to be vulnerable? 
Not really. Not me. Like, my mama, like I said, with her and the way that she was raised, it kind of really just passed down. Like, I see it when I look at my mama. And it's not that she's a bad parent. It's just she, that's what she was brought up in. So it was yeah. kind of like we never really talked as far as, like, what I had going on because it's like my mama, she had to do what she had to do. You know what I'm saying? So it was never a mother-son conversation. It was kind of more so. Like an understanding. Like. Exactly. Like, did you do your homework today? Mm-hmm. Did you clean up? It, it it was never how was your day or how what you do today. So Right. And it's like I'm taking that and I'm growing now. And it's I'm thankful for it because it's helping me evolve. Like, without me talking, I'm able to express myself in my music more. So it kind of helps with that. So Thanks. It probably also shows you what you don't want to do like you know when, once you have children yes. you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. certain things yeah. and i was going to say the same as that thing or go to that question like whenever y'all do have kids if y'all you know want to have kids in your future what are some values that you want to instill in them especially if you have a son because we all know that you know society is black men there's a standard put on you guys that you know sometimes you don't understand sometimes you can cannot live up to but what are some values you want to instill in your children and what are some things you want to teach your black son, you know, in the future? Manhood. And manhood not being a strong man. Manhood being it's okay not to be okay. Like It's, yes. it's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be broken. It's okay Facts. to have a contrite spirit, you know, because at the end of the day, we're human. And we all go, we, a lot, I've noticed, like, talking to more people, i noticed that we face a lot of similar issues. Yes, we do. Yeah. So it's just like it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. Like talk to somebody, talk to the people around you. Like right. God places people in your life for a reason. I definitely agree. With Thanks. Yeah. Y'all say? I, th- I definitely think for black boys, if you have like any issues, like definitely speak up about it. Because I feel like I grew up in a home where, like, I couldn't cry or I had to toughen up or I had to be a man. And I feel like since I had brothers, I was like it was a pressure to grow up with that ball yeah. in your hand. Were you the oldest? You, yeah. No, I'm in the middle. Okay. So like I had older brothers and younger. But I feel like I, there was a pressure to grow up with that ball in your hand. And I feel like when I didn't, like, there was even more pressure to be a man. So yeah. I feel like just definitely I'll teach them just no toxic masculinity. Let's put that out there. Right. Yeah. But um, definitely just love and to show emotion and to cry when you need to. Because I feel like I cry all the time. I feel like mm-hmm. crying is not, let's normalize it, especially yeah. for black boys. Absolutely. My grandma used to say this in regards to farting. It's better out the end, but I think you can take that and apply it. No, you can. life. Yeah, you can definitely take that and apply that to life, too. And I would say, coming from the perspective of a woman and a black woman, sometimes it is hard getting to black men because I'm the oldest of two boys. So I automatically was in, like, that second mom role. But then growing up, seeing my brothers, you see how sometimes they're, like, emotionless or they're numb to certain things that, I'm not numb to. I had the free space to cry because that's what you expect out of women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You expect that emotional. You, you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you expect that. But then again, I know a lot of women who were raised really tough too and, you know, felt like they can't have that. But sometimes I feel like there's a disconnect between black women and black men or men and women in general because of how you're raised. This one person don't want to be vulnerable and now it's – how do y'all feel about that? How do you feel like your relationship is with other women, even your your friends? Yeah, I will say I remember like in my earlier relationships, I always dealt with women who were extremely more emotional than I was mm-hmm. at all times, right? And instead of them helping me to get on their level or like for us to find like something like a close medium, it right. was more like you need to do more or you need to do something. And I feel like 
especially as a black man right now in America, it's always we need to do something. Right. We need to change Somebody something. Somebody telling us what to do. Yeah, always. always. And it's it's like even when we do our best or what we it's think is enough. our best, it's not it's enough. Never enough. You know it's what I'm true. saying? Like it, it doesn't matter how much we try or attempt to put in the effort. You know, because right now, like I feel like my my slate is clean. Like I I try to help people. I try to be a good person. Right. But even at the end of the day, I could still be called a nigga by the next white person right. in Walmart. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Like that's real though. That's facts. Yeah. What do, what do you think about that, Shikari? One thing I've learned, I'm a very listening person. Like, okay. by me not having nobody to hear me out, I learn to hear other people out. Because mm. it's like, all right, I know what somebody's going through, so it's nothing for me to sit through what someone's telling me. And, like, I've noticed that I take in a lot more than I dish out. That's why I like interviews, because I constantly listen to people and I absorb what they going through. So right. that way, when I'm able to get the chance to speak, it's so fluid. And it's like, because I done took everything in, I'm kind of like a sponge. So I'm right. really like an open ear. Like, I like to hear people vent. Right. And it's funny that you mentioned, you know, you saying since you didn't have that listening ear, now, you know, you're a listener. Because I know a lot of people, they take this perspective, well, I didn't have my dad in the life or I didn't have this. And they <laughs> so, end up being that yeah. same exact person to their children. They're not there. How do you feel about that? Like, do you feel like it's a choice? You make a choice, or you feel like somehow going your family, you just I would say I would say it's definitely a choice because like I, I think Monte said it too, like we grew up in very strict households, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've always told myself, like, when I have children, you know, if I ble- if I'm blessed to have children one day, I don't want to raise them up in that situation, but I don't know until it happens. Because I don't yeah. know. What'll trigger? There's you know no what parents in handbook. Yeah. I told you, know right. I, I no come with no guy. Yeah, I was like, when I have my kids, the only thing you can do is to love them. I feel like you gotta let the world do everything else. I feel like the only thing you can do and offer them is love, and I it's feel like love. everything else will fall into place. That's it, that's it. Okay, so what about discipline? I mean, I know. First of all, growing up <laughs> in my household, a man and woman, my mom and dad disciplined me in there in two different, right. you know, I mean, two I different ways. Weapons. So I don't. I think personally, I'm not gonna beat my child just because I think there's a lot of other traumatic, traumatic issues that come with that. Yeah, I feel like when you be. beat your child, I still be flinching. Yeah, other things <laughs> come with that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely not gonna beat my child, but I don't know. I'm gonna look up some parenting tips. I'm gonna read a book. I don't know. I'm gonna figure it out, mm, but yeah. I'm not gonna beat him. That's tough. Yeah. I I know I'm gonna beat my kids. I don't, <laughs> really? but I don't think I'm gonna like do nothing od. Like, because yeah. at the end of the day, I feel like especially if I have a daughter. Like I'm gonna be like, I really don't want to. And see, that's what I was about to say. My dad, rare. I think, I think I remember maybe one time in my childhood, my dad gave me a whooping, and I wouldn't even consider a whooping compared to what my brothers got. It it really wasn't anything, because I mean, you got got that father daughter relationship. My sister never got beat by my dad. It was always either my mom beating her or like my mom and dad beat me. Like I don't ever remember my sister getting whoopings from my dad. Right. I mean, I feel like as far as discipline. Um, I'm the. I feel like I would be the type of parent where if a child didn't know that it was wrong, I I don't want to whoop you yet because you didn't know. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But after right. you know, after I've told you, don't do this. Yeah. This is wrong, and you continuously do it. Then that's when the discipline has to come into play. Right. But I feel like what you said, Monty. A lot of like black kids are traumatized because we got hey, beatings without knowing literally. if it was right or wrong. You right. did like, it, and you didn't explain and then, it, and then they didn't explain it right. <laughs> like it's like you got a whooping, and it's because I said so. Like it, they don't even give you a reason. The why. reason, like, and, and you know, one thing that I always like, and I'm you a better quit crying. I give you something. Well, <laughs> you get some more, right? Right. right? One thing I'm gonna charge y'all to try to do because one thing that I relate to is like TV shows, right? So right. I've always told myself the kind of parenting. Kinda, just you know, throwing it in there would right. be 
a mixture of my wife and kids and Bernie Mac. Okay. And the reason why Bernie Mac used to whoop his kids, but he still taught them lessons, right? Like he didn't always make the best decisions, but he taught them lessons. My wife and kids, I don't think I ever really, they didn't really show it in the show if he whooped them or not. Yeah. But he definitely taught them life lessons through different things that were funny or like stripping things away or just, you know, crazy things like that. And I think that with our generation, we have more of an imagination of how to get to a younger generation. Like we don't have to put our hands on you in order for you to know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, I feel like our generation stops a lot of stuff. I feel like there's a lot of things. And a bunch of it comes from that slave mentality. I'm just going to be real with you, like feeling like you have to be overly disciplined or have this type of hard exterior. And and it sucks, especially for black men, because you guys grew up not knowing how to be vulnerable. Your emotions, you're like, is this wrong? Can I cry about this? Can I not cry? So that's the reason why I wanted to have y'all here, so that people know, like, this is real. This mm-hmm. is the reason why we keep going through a lot of cycles in society within our culture is because we don't have these discussions. You know, it's hard for us to get to black men. I feel like black men, y'all, I wouldn't even say y'all are less vocal. I wouldn't even say y'all don't speak. It's just that we hear y'all less. And that's and that's a problem with us. That's a problem, problem with society. And I feel like as a black woman, I have an obligation to figure out how right. can I unlock this. Yeah. You had a lock. I had a key. Just like you got the key to me, I got the lock. You know what I'm saying? How yeah. can we figure out? you know, how that goes. And Shakari, you mentioned manhood. So I want to ask y'all, what are y'all relationships with your guy friends, other men? Like, because I know with girls, we kind of have a thing, kind of like a girl code thing. How do, how are y'all relationships with other men? I hold I hold my friends accountable. Like, anything I do, like, because I know how I move. So it's right. like, if you're going to be associated with me, you ain't got to move how I move, but I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to hold you to a standard because, like, you representing more than just yourself, like, if you associated with me, you know what I'm saying? And likewise, X. it's like you are who you hang with. Like, X. Iron sharpens iron. So it's like that's real. you going to be accountable if you – if I'm going to tell you about yourself. Like, if you're doing something that I don't like, I'm going to call you out about it. And that's and facts. It, I feel like we won't have enough of that. Exactly. And I expect the same, like, vice versa. Like, I got friends that I call and we have talks and it's like, yeah, bro, like, for example, we practicing abstinence. Like I done been at this little abstinence thing for a while. And it's like, yeah, bro, I got this little desire. No, bro, like, don't do it. Do something. Find <laughs> yeah. something to put your energy into. So it's like it's good to have That's friends good. like that that you can call on instead of the ones like, yeah, boy, you better do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's so. facts. What about you guys? I would say with my friend group, um, I would say there's a lot of teaching and a lot of learning. So, for instance, and I'll give you an example. So, I know all of y'all have seen the video. Um, and it's it, it was funny if, until I really started getting into it. But there was a lady um, that went into the GameStop store. and kept mm-hmm. saying, it's ma'am, right? He's transgender. Growing up where I grew up, we don't know what transgender is, what transgender means. Like, you none of that. You just know gay or straight. We know gay or straight, right? Yeah. Growing up and coming to UNCG was a culture shock for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've ever been around so many either bisexual or, or gay men. Just the LGBT community The, the community general. was yeah. just larger than Zebulon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Zebulon, I might have met one or two people. And even if even if I met them, I had no ill will towards them. Like, they were my people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When I got to UNCG, it made me be even more upset, uh, accepting of right. those individuals mm-hmm. and being able to say like yo y'all are just like you and I you know what I'm saying oh, yeah. like there's no difference and I think that yeah. with my friend group that's what I really rock with like everybody in my friend group we are so open and accepting and open-minded yes. and accepting to people and different cultures like 
And that's something I don't think I would have got if I'd have stayed in Zebby. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know why we have this type of stereotype of feeling that people, you know, who identify with that, like less human or like exactly. it doesn't right. based on how compatible you are as a yeah. person. Like, you know what I'm saying? Them. Like, why does how they live they their decision life making? You? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then it's a reflection on your beliefs too. Are you are you really loving on people and this right. you know are, like you say, yeah. or is it just selective to people who might look like you? That's real. Yeah. That's and it's, especially like I grew up in a very Christian household, right? They frown upon that, but then my sister's gay. So like, it's yeah. like no, are, what? No, in the black community, we are selective. We look at other people like I can't believe it, but then we kind of like, oh, you accept it, or you kind of. And I feel like that's another thing we have to change. But Monty, I was gonna say yeah. you identify as pansexual. Can yeah. you explain what that means and how your response is, or how other black men has responded? Well, I do consider myself pansexual. Um, I'm gonna go back to our marriage. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, just so I don't mess up. Because I had to ask but, um, Monty for sure, because I'm one of them person that came from, like, either gay or straight. I didn't know. And there's so much terminology. There's so much. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, you know, label a person or, you know, say the wrong terminology that they don't identify with. So I had to ask Monty today, like, what, right. what's the real? Yeah, so I identify as pansexual. And that pretty much means, like, I can be emotionally or sexually attracted to anyone, which that means, like, male, female or trans, anybody identifying anywhere else right. within there, I can be loving to anyone. So it's pretty much I don't see gender or sex. You love who you love. You love, love who you love. love. Or who right. loves me. Okay. That's a term that I don't hear around uh, often, and I feel like we should because that's either, like I said, gay or straight. So I have this one question, and I'm interested to see how you guys are respond. So, you know, girls, we have our little self-care days. Sometimes we do it on our Sunday, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Do y'all guys have the days to where y'all say, you know what? Let me get a pedicure. Let me put a face mask on. Do y'all do y'all have those moments where you really take care of yourself? Or is it something that's just like you don't do? Um, I, I would say my self-care day, it went it may not be a pedicure. Like I if I do a pedicure, I usually do that with my girl. Like we right. might do it together. But um I usually like getting a haircut. Haircut okay. is my is my day like Got a fresh cut. <laughs> I'm good to go. I'm good. Um, you know, sometimes I like to, you know, just get up with people and enjoy life. Like, I, I feel right. like a lot of times now, especially now that I'm out of school, I don't get a lot of time to just sit down and chill. And like, chill. And just relax. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's one thing I kind of took for granted while I was at college. Like, I used to do that all the time. And now I'm like, damn, I can't Dang, even get an hour going, to yeah. just chill with my, my, my guys, you know? Or even with the, the girls that are in my life. That are like best friends to me and friends. Yeah. What about you, Shakari and Monty? What What are y'all? What are things that y'all enjoy that makes you happy besides going to school, regular life routine stuff? What is something that kind of makes you exhale? Getting a cut. Like I like to get a cut, make me feel like a new person. And then <laughs> I wake up like every day, like five, and do like morning devotionals for mm. like an hour. Then I go work out. So it's like I'm setting my mind for the day. I'm setting my foundation. And then I'm going to go get my body right. So now I'm up and alert, and my mind is 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 there. going. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I'm attentive. So so your self care is really like every day. Like yeah. it's really okay. Every day, like that's, that's why I think up. I be so calm too. Like, I be real <laughs> it does. Calm. One thing I've noticed because I've started working out a little bit. It it does help like your mental balance. For real, it's not just physical. It teaches you a bunch of discipline, like being like, in the gym. And it's a lot of life lessons that come with working out too, like pushing when you in pain. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes. It's like life. For real. Keep pushing through that pain. No matter what. I'd have been in the gym like crying, screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but you do, you gotta yeah. do that last rep though. It is definitely some yeah. revelations that come with the gym, definitely. 
Absolutely. Monty, what's your self-care stuff? What you enjoy? Um, I don't think I really have a self-care day, but I feel like every day I try to do something that makes me happy. So that way I'm not going to sleep with like an angry heart. At least I... Released a little something. bit. Yeah. Right. And music is one music of those. Is, yes, for sure. Music is always yes. one of those. Make Me and Monty talk definite. about music a lot. A lot. And then you do music as it's well. A blessing, bro. I'm telling you, it's, it's <laughs> such a blessing. Like, because when I got that idle time and I found my mind one, I just take it and put my heart into that. Them lyrics, boom. Like, yeah. I start thinking, I just put it into lyrics. And then Facts. Harmonize it. Yeah. Like, music is poetry, for real. I feel like music. Is when you get the chance to express something that you might cannot say in words. Like, it's a lot of things I might write and I sing, and I'm like, dang, I never actually said that. And it's just like, but now I'm in the mindset to say it because, you know, it's there. Okay, so the last thing that I want to ask you guys is, like, what are what is something you want the world to know about black men? If there's a person that can ask you right now, like, who are you? What what do you like to do? Like, what, what is something you want to tell the people and let people know? about not only you but other black men because i know people think that there's this one singular image of a black man we're not intimidating that's the number one yeah or we're not like scary i don't know how to make that make sense like no just because we look mean because i've had so many people tell me like oh you look like you would just like have a problem if i said something or you look like and i'm like no what does that even look like like? and thank you like it's Mm -hmm. not a thing like we're not intimidating just talk to us Facts. What about y'all? What are some things? Bro, we're not bad people. Right. Like, I'm full of love. Like, I got a yes. whole lot of love to give. And I got love for everybody. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, <laughs> Puerto Rican. It don't like, even matter, yeah, right? It don't matter. Like, yeah. I just love people. Like, because I feel like that's our job, like, to love each other. Like, the Facts. Bible tells us that love conquers all. And I truly believe that. Like, yeah. once you show that love and you dish it out, it always Support and love. Back. That's all you can give. Support and love. That's Facts. It. Yeah. I would I would say if anything to tell people about black men is to follow their energy and not their stereotype. Yes, yes. for sure. Yes. Oh my god, you that was yes. finger snap. That was yes. good. Cuz you can read somebody's energy like, you know, yeah. even when we got came out here like we were all kind of quiet at first but we started talking and warming up to each other and that's something that a lot of some cultures can't do. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's some people gift, have to sure. fake it. Some people may not be able to have that conversation with other individuals but one thing that I know all of us have in this room is that black skin, that melanin. So Absolutely. that's something Absolutely. that, you know, already is going to be able to match my energy. And from there, we learn more and more from each other. And then that's how we progress as a society. So. Facts. I feel like as time goes on, I feel like we are, like, unraveling and really trying to show the world, like, how black people are in general. First of all, black culture, it's been a resurgence of black culture within the last couple yes, of years. Yes, in general. Yes, everybody yes. want to be black. Don't nobody yes. want to be a nigga, but, you know. <laughs> no, but everybody want to be black. And I feel like, well, since we have the attention, since y'all want to focus on black men, black women, and what we do, listen to what we're saying. This mm-hmm. Now we're going to use this platform to express ourselves. So I want to say thank you. Thank you to all three of thank you guys you. for thank you. coming. Thank you. This um, is dope. Yeah, I'm really glad that people got to hear the perspective of three different types of black men living three different types of lives, but seeing how, you know, y'all still had that same love, still had that big heart. But before we exit, I want everybody to pub what they got going on. I don't care if it's music, they social media. Go ahead, start it up, put your stuff out there. All right, I'm Monty. You can find me on all music streaming platforms at Mellifilous. That's M-E-L-L-I-F-L-U-O-U-S. Mellifilous, hit them up. Shakari, what you got going on? Tell the people. It's your boy, Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Shakari J. I'm an event host, and I do music. I ain't been dropping no music. I can't just let that, that go. It's <laughs> precious to me. So for right now, we're just going to get this hosting thing going. You know you need events, wedding, weddings, gatherings, community, 
projects, anything. I'm with it all. I just let this personality radiate and just let God do what he do from there. Facts. Y'all go hit up Shikari J on Insta. Calvin, yeah. hit him up. All right, and it's your boy Calvin, a.k.a. Famous Phillips. And uh, I, so I do a lot. I do uh, a free music festival, Cope Fest. So I haven't hey, started proving that yet. But that'll be, oh, he can't. Bro. I still got this. Hey, look, the support is crazy. Oh, I ain't took it off since you gave it to That's me. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's what's up. That is a small world. Hey, look, for those of you who can't see, which all y'all can't, but Shakari <laughs> has on a bracelet supporting Cal. That makes me stuff. happy because so that means, up. you know, somebody paid attention or you paid attention. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if anybody else. But um, yeah, I also run my own marketing company. It's called Cope Marketing. So I do like photography, video work, and social media marketing for different companies. And then um, also, shout out to the. Uh, the creator of this, she'll be on the Push to Start podcast um, tomorrow night. Stay so, tuned um, for a collab. Yeah, stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, honestly, uh, you can just follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Calvin of Cope. Um, I just appreciate being here. Facts. So thank y'all again. And y'all already know I have to shout out an artist of the week. And this week, we're going to have Shikari J hey. drop his music. This is called Stay Up. So make sure y'all tune in to this. And we'll hear from you next week. See you guys. Boy 50.
for my niggas who ain't letting these bitches play on. 